0: Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the wonderful Lynn Cobberbera. Lynn is undertaking a professional doctorate so she is working as clinician and also undertaking research in that area and in this episode Lynn tells us how she set up that project, how she came into it and also how she manages that type of work Including a reference to the magic of time blocking. So, I do hope you enjoy this episode. Good evening Lynn. Hello. It's so lovely to have you here and thank you so much for being here on such a hot evening. This is probably going to go out um, when it's much colder and we can we'll be looking back on these days going how wonderful it was when it was so hot whereas at the (laughs) moment we're just like it's too sticky. (laughs) So thank you for being inside in the stickiness and talking to us. Um, So we came across each other um, via your Instagram um, which is awesome. Research with Lynn, if you haven't come across this before, we'll put all the links um, in the show notes. But you're, it's such, such a fabulous energy that you that you give off. It's very funny, um, but also has really useful material in it. And I was like, oh, I hope that she would come and, and talk to us because you've got so much good stuff to share. And then you said yes. So hooray for that and thank you. So we always begin with people telling us a bit about their own story and so can you tell us about your PhD journey?
1: Yes absolutely so I found myself um, here Definitely not by accident, but I think the the um the way that I got here is unique to myself. Um in that I, you know, I've always loved science. I've always loved, but I've always loved people as well. So so much so that when it was time to choose my elbows, I was like, oh my god, so what do I do? Something sciencey or something to do with people. So I just split it right in half and did psychology, sociology, chemistry and biology. Wow. And I thought oh I, you know what like in year nine I was like I'm going to go and do a PhD but actually that's amazing. I, yes I know how did you know what but a PhD was like, so I think so I my my dad is a bit of an academic and ah, and that I guess that's what he's always yeah he's yes. always wanted for me and and but you know sometimes parents want something for you and you're like oh I was like yes I'll take it, you know. Year um, nine, (laughs)
0: amazing.
1: Yes, but it didn't go so smoothly as I, you know, as I wanted because it was like, yes, I want to go and, you know, I want to go and be an academic. I want to go and do a PhD. I want to go and learn and produce new things. But equally, I just want to be close to people. I love people. So from that I ended up you know when it came to choosing you know what it is that I wanted to do as my first degree I actually did nursing as a bachelor's I thought okay this will give me an opportunity to quickly get in contact with people and see what it's like you know to look after people and then kind of take it from there and um very so as so nursing as a sort of uh, profession has had lots and lots of changes recently one of it you know one of them is like moving to degree and even master's qualification Mm. and also a lot of um, nurses are sort of science some areas think of it as a STEM subject all these sort of conversations going on Mm. so when I got into my dissertation phase and it was time to do my research kind of uh, module I was like oh my god I'm absolutely in love with this like I Mm. love it Mm. However, I wasn't quite ready to go and, and, you know, take the plunge after my BSc and do a a PhD. So I went, I finished, I went and I did, um, and I worked as a nurse, which I absolutely loved. But when I was started, starting to try and get that kind of mentorship from people on the ground, like, okay, you know, how do I manoeuvre? I want to go into research. I want to do this. Everybody was just looking at me like, what you know if you're on the ward and kind of like working clinically this is so far removed from the clinical environment and certainly from somebody who's newly qualified who's kind of everybody's looking at you like you know you're budding you still have 60 years in you as a a nurse and (laughs) I kind of (laughs) I I like met a lot of brick walls so then I I kind of chickened out at that point and thought Mm -hmm. you know what I'm not ready to do an MPhil because I'm kind of ill prepared and as a sort of first generation immigrant like you know just knowledge of those kind of processes and our social networks in you know in england were not as as sort of tight as if you know, we were like, I'm from Zimbabwe, back in Zimbabwe, I'm sure I'd be able to speak to, you know, a friend of my dad's or my mum's who'd say, oh yeah, you know, my cousin did this, but I wasn't in that place. And Hmm. being kind of on the ward, asking, you know, my colleagues that, they were looking at me as though I was crazy. So I thought, okay, Lynn, going to do an MPhil right now or doing a PhD is just going to be kind of like left field. So I thought, why don't I go and do an MSc that has a clinical focus, but, you know, you know, as part of being an MSc has to have that research component and see, are you really serious about this research thing? And if you're not, then you've had a bit of an advancement in your kind of clinical, you know, clinical uh, side in that you've got, you know, clinical level master skills. Um, So I was like, okay, let's do that. So I went and did an MSc instead of an Mm MPhil and then did And I did an MSc in Physician Associate Studies, which is a little bit more advanced practice than the nursing. Everything was fine. But I was like, wow, you know, I did. Everybody did like a lit review for their project. I I was like, no, I'm going straight for a primary research. And I did primary research, sort of one of very few to do primary research in their master's sort of thesis because I was like, "Okay, this is really what you want to do. But I was definitely not ready to let go of that clinical side. Just Mm. being with people and having that impact was really important to me. Mm. But then I was like, okay, it's time. You know, you want to do this research thing, Lynn, just go for it. So I applied Mm. for a PhD initially because I didn't know about a professional doctorate either for a, a Piper PhD and I wanted to self-fund because I wanted to continue working. I had my own ideas because I am, you know, I was in the field, I'm there yes, where the problems yes. are. I have many problems that I want to solve. So um, although there were, you know, lots of um, PhDs that had stipends and grants, I had my own ideas. I wanted to steer this ship. Um, yes. And when I went for my interviews, Um, So I remember the the first university I wanted to go to very practical kind of girl like I'm living down in Essex now I wanted to be in Essex because I'm working and I always knew I wanted to be a a clinician or a practitioner first and then research is something else that I do rather than being a researcher altogether and Mm. I'd never heard of a professional doctorate I did you know I, I went did my interview um told them about my ideas and what, you know, you know, kind of said, this is my proposal, this is how long it will take. Really naive when I look back now. And I remember they deliberated for the longest time and I thought, oh my goodness, are they are they thinking of how to let me down? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and actually that what they did was actually suggest, you know, a professional doctorate would be, be the best route given the focus of your research. So really that's how the kind of convoluted way of how I got here.
0: I love that. What I love as well is the way in which you're talking to yourself and you're saying, this is what you want to do. Like you, and literally you're saying in, in that account, i kind of like, come on then, this is what you want to do. It's so gorgeous in terms of giving yourself smart advice, <laughs> steering yourself. And as you said, I love what you said about wanting to steer the ship. And that just is music to my ears. And, and in, in terms of taking control and and um making this a project for you this Absolutely. PhD is a is a is a project for you oh, I love that I love it um so we're arriving at the professional doctorate um, and as I say I'm really looking forward to talking to you about this because I really don't know very much about it at all so I'm I'm ready to learn so tell us what the professional doctorate is is all about
1: so I so the the best ways I mean you know whenever we're trying to kind of describe something it's always very extreme isn't it you know so like in comparison to the the PhD the professional doctorate would what I love to say or what I've heard being said and I I think it just really encapsulates it is that it's it's a doctoral level degree for professionals who want to research rather than professional researchers. So it's really targeted for those people who are or have already started their career and are quite experienced in, in that career um, and, and want to solve, you know, want to do something at, at, at sort of doctoral level that's going to solve a, a practice based problem. Rather than, you know, you know, in the same, even if you chose the same topic, a PhD, some, some looking at extremes would say, you know, it will add to the sort of theoretical knowledge, whereas there's an actual one problem that I would like to solve with doctoral level research. And I mean, most people... In terms of intake, I would say that is the biggest difference. So mm. when I've been um, kind of like mingling and networking on the sort of PhD Instagram, who I love because they've accepted me with open arms, even though they're like, I don't know what a professional doctor is. It's they've such really a gorgeous community, community. is oh, it? Oh,
0: Such a gorgeous community. And I think, if, listeners, if you, if you haven't come across Instagram and the PhD community on Instagram, it is a beautiful place and um, you will find people there to support and inspire you. Absolutely. So please do look, at, look that up.
1: Absolutely. And you know, there's, you know, it's, it really is a great place. And I think the, um, a lot of people, so in terms of the intake, you know, the intake for PhD tends to be younger, not always, but pre- predominantly tend to be younger. And actually, when, when you think of sort of widening participation or people who are who are non-traditional PhD candidates they tend to be older whereas in a professional doctorate actually most people are older and already started their career and Mm -hmm. and doing the the sort of professional doctorate only enhances it or, or adds a little kind of nugget to it and you know, life goes on while, you know, you move jobs, you do all these things, you continue with everything while studying for a doctorate. And I think, you know, most people in my, my cohort are older, three times my age. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's very interesting. And, you know, we have people who are like, for example, um, CEOs of charities, people working in high level policy positions positions who you know they they know what the problems are they know a problem and they want to kind of steer the ship of solving that problem that they face every day so I think yeah I think that would be the biggest difference for me.
0: That is fascinating really yes so the problem the, the prob- could you tell us a bit about your subject so we get an idea of these this the kind of the kind of problems that Absolutely. people are working with.
1: Absolutely. So, um, as a disclaimer, I've, um, as all doctoral students do, I've recently had a bit of hiccup in my in uh, in my work in that I'm actually changing subjects. But the the, the subject that I I came into to my uh, professional doctorate wanting to solve is that. So in in my area of interest. Best, which remains largely the same is about workforce development in healthcare, and I mean, mm-hmm. it does. I'm sure everybody sometime this week has heard about the shortage of nurses, the shortage of doctors, the shortage of physiotherapists, the shortage of all these people. And my my area of interest is how do we actually, um because you know people are training, but how do we retain these people, and also how do we integrate them appropriately into the work environment? So um, So my focus was general practice because the general practice environment in in England, especially has always been uh, practice nurse and GP, but very recently there's been other healthcare professionals. Like you can see a physiotherapist at your GP surgery now. And it's about how these these people, these professionals who are established elsewhere being meaningfully integrated into general practice. Like what do patients feel about calling calling to see a GP and then being told oh, actually you can see a physiotherapist equally do the people actually understand what the role of a physiotherapist is how are the dynamics how are the professional and interprofessional dynamics working how does the power the responsibility so as you can see it's quite a practical yes. problem, yes. um and and it's really just trying to 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 research that phenomena which is very novel um because these changes have just been happening in the last maybe two or three years during COVID um but yeah that's when I when I moved it so I started my first year last this time last year and that's what I I came in with so as you can see it's a very practical thing
0: that's great that is really great and and that makes it very clear in terms of the way in which this might work for people um and I, I think it's great that you're changing I used to have title of the week <laughs> oh, I love it. I just change change it up um and because I also think that's really healthy isn't it because if you started oh, if you did if you started and then didn't change your topic the whole way through kind of you, it would be very strange it's like you weren't discovering anything and I think that that sense absolutely. of organic growth love
1: absolutely it. and I think you know it's it's not been it's not been easy in that you know it's not an easy thing because I think when you when you get to kind of this, this level of study, as I'm sure you'll know, and a lot of us will know, people see you as this dedicated, passionate, you know, person who just wants to study this one thing. And I think when you're self-funding um, and, you know, there, there's this thing about just being as authentic and really feeling like you're in control as much as po- possible, even though you might be losing that kind of that kind of you know perceived dedication to your cause and I've kind of just been led by the process rather than being being just very stiff and Mm -hmm. and saying no this is what I'm doing because I'm you know starting second year but I've still got a long way to go Mm -hmm. and this needs to feel authentic right Mm -hmm. to the end and I have the flexibility my supervisor is there to support and serve me rather than you know me being an add-on to their project for example so I think she you know she was very supportive but um i think it's it's, it's liberating to have that that um that
0: ability to change um yes. as well yes 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 well that spirit of curiosity isn't it that's that's what takes us into this research like you say you had a problem to solve and that the, the, the your kind of your curiosity took you there and so it makes sense that your cu- that that good instinct will t- will take you forward love it
1: completely I love and i think it. once you come in once you come into that world and i think so a lot has changed since you know i, I a year ago i i've, I've re, like i've been for the last six seven months i've been working in one of the um kind of um policy uh health education in england so they do the sort of policy for health education and that's completely um affected my positionality in my 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 research what i thought was important before May not, Mm. uh, you know. I realised that that's actually not the important thing, you know, Mm. because I was in a different position then. And I think it's, yeah, it's quite a privilege to have to have that kind of professional perspective to be able to be, you know, to see that insight as well. So completely, it it is just being led by the curiosity and the opportunities that present themselves
0: and so the, the question now comes up for me in terms of so how do you manage that and I'm sure you get asked this a lot in terms of how do you manage that that professional life and the researcher life and of course they're there because they're overlapping in so many ways but then they have different demands on you too
1: yeah completely like so this is this is the I would say the top in the top two questions that I get, maybe a couple of times a week, mm. so much so that mm. I've made a digital product, you know, to help people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> honestly, because I thought I cannot keep answering this question over and over again, but it is—it's honestly such an important thing. And uh, and what I came to realize, being in the in the um, sort of uh, PhD community, is that I think because I'm paid, let's say, well for for my professional work. It almost legitimizes a little bit more what I do, but actually PhD students do this all the time. They're doing lab work. They're doing, you know, writing papers. They do this anyway. And I so basically, in any case, what what I how I manage is is a time block very effectively so i plan um, oh i love it i i plan absolutely you know week on week what i'm going to be doing um how much time i have allocated to to spend you know spend with my partner to see friends and if i you know go over that time it, it, it's much easier to say to friends hey guys i'm busy i can't do that and i, I i'm always you know i reflect a lot i journal um and I speak to myself a lot you know I say to myself hey Lynn last week what happened you know what happened last week because you know doctoral level study is it's very it's very lonely in that you know you know your friends and family don't understand what you're going through and they can't you know give you a pep talk so you have to give yourself that pep talk so mm. positive affirmations planning being accountable being honest to myself and really kind of pulling myself up when I've been naughty and slacking and also giving myself time to 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 rest um yes. within reason yes,
0: <laughs> but yes, but yes, certainly
1: yes. planning 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 and planning
0: gotta love planning you've gotta love planning yeah. and I think <laughs> if people if people are wondering what time blocking is, again, we can put some stuff in the show notes because um, it could completely rock your world. I just, absolutely. just <laughs> it isn't for everyone. We do have to say it's not for everybody, but actually yeah. there are lots of different ways of doing it. And yeah. um, it certainly changed things up for me. Definitely. And um,
1: absolutely. yeah,
0: it is really worth exploring if you haven't already and journaling too. I know this has come up a, a lot before, but journaling, as you say, that powerful practice and is is that something that you do every day or do you do that just on a, make it a regular practice or just when you feel you need it or
1: so if i if i could journal daily i would um in my in my what i call my personal journal i wish yes. i could i wish i could yes. remember but whenever i feel any intense emotion I journal definitely, um, because that's my outlet. However, I do also have a research diary as well, which I think if Amazing. I if I really, and then I I think a bit of my Instagram is a bit of a kind of j- journal. So I think I express mm. daily, mm. um, you know, in sort of a written form. And um, just to go back up on on that time blocking, one thing I wanted to just add on that, you know, to I think the the moment that I realized that I was already time blocking, but for other people, so like, you know, when you go to work, when you go to school or when you, especially specifically when you go to a paid job, you're already time blocking because yes. you owe that, you know, that time to somebody. That's that, thinking of it like that really rocked my mind because I thought, yes. oh my gosh, if I can give eight hours every day, I wake up, I go without fail to, for these people. Why can't I give myself, you know, an hour to blog for myself that's or cool. an hour to you know you know support uh bsc students for my own little business or whatever it is that you want to do for yourself so i think reframing how we look at some of these techniques really helps and certainly that really helped me um that's a brilliant way to look
0: at it yeah brilliant
1: no I, I i agree it really it really for me it really was like wow my mind was blown <laughs> when i thought of it like that
0: yeah amazing amazing and with the journaling too I love that the way you're talking about it because I think for some people they feel like it it becomes another chore like I have to do it every day and I love the way that you're talking about you just make sure that you are expressing what you need to express and the way and that might be in a in a number of ways Um, and journaling is one of those tools that you have Um, and and it's not homework right (laughs) it's a, no, it's a no. supporting
1: tool amazing no, not yeah absolutely not it really is and you know I mean don't, I don't say anything profound I don't think you know somebody's going to find this um and publish it or anything like that it's it's you know it's as simple as you know like like how did you feel about today
0: mm.
1: and then you know nothing happened today and then all of a sudden you know, I, you know, I start to feel like, wow, isn't that amazing that nothing adverse happened today? Mm -hmm. You know, and it it just reframes that because I I think, you know, I love Instagram, but that can be kind of all consuming, like something has to be happening all the time, because, you know, it seems like something is happening in other people's lives all the time. But I'm just kind of reflecting on one of my just entry that I wrote this week. And it was literally that, oh, my gosh, isn't that great that nothing crazy happened today? like nothing happens That's good you know um when when you know all sorts of adverse things are going on all yes. over the place
0: oh I love your energy so much I love it I love it um Lynn we've had so many top tips already I feel I feel bad asking you for another one but I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway um in terms of what would be your top tip or top tips um uh to leave us with um, I think mine would be
1: around. I think if if we hadn't talked about planning before, it right. would have been about planning right. and 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 really taking control of your time and realizing your, how precious your time is. And but the, but what I'm going to say is. If you've ever thought about um documenting your journey somehow by via Instagram, via YouTube, I you know, if you go on my Instagram, you, you might think, oh my gosh, you know, this this girl has it, or she really is very comfortable here. No, I'm not. None of us are. And and you know, all the feelings that are stopping you, we have them, are having them, and continue to have them every day, but you know. As soon as you start posting, people will, will reach out to you and tell you just how much you're speaking to them and how much, you know, you're helping them. So I guess mm. my top tip is, tip is you know, um, just give it a try. Give mm. it a try. Journal, you know, show us your journey. It's going to be useful. Uh, don't let, it, you know, imposter syndrome, get you know, get the best of you because, you, you know, everybody has something to teach somebody else. So yes. we're kind of all waiting for you to come out and show us your study gram. So do it.
0: Everyone has something to teach someone else. I love that, and I'm writing it down. (laughs) Um, Lynn, thank you so much. That is just there's just so much in there and I, and um we will have all your information because i say i really recommend research within following following you and the other thing if if people aren't used to instagram what they'll find is if if they follow you they'll see who you follow too and then they'll start exactly. to find their way through the community and um absolutely as i say we, well we can both testify to what a gorgeous community um it is and uh, if you're feeling alone, because that can be really common on a um, PhD journey, then that is a great place to meet meet people and have support, daily support. People show up Definitely. every day, don't they? Absolutely. Um, Lynn, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to let you go and find a fan now. <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, honestly, I'm melting away. But th- we've, we've had to turn ours off. Uh, but yeah no it's going straight back on and thank you so much for having me it's honestly been a
0: pleasure and I hope we can catch up again bless you and thank you um, all for listening